My name is Becky Schnexer, and you're listening to the Expedition Schnexer Podcast. Well, hello there, Expedition team. I have missed recording episodes for you, so I wanted to jump on here and talk a little bit to you all about what being on expeditions or fostering the explorer mindset with my students really looks like. So suit up my friends, it's expedition time. is the foundation of my educational philosophy and the science program that I have created over the last six years and continue to modify at my current school. I wholeheartedly believe that learning, especially science, through completing authentic tasks in field studies is definitely the way to go. By creating authentic experiences for students, they see themselves as explorers rather than just students who have to learn concepts about science or whatever topic they're studying, whether it be language arts or math or social studies or history. In the last two years, and for as long as I can in the future, I complete field science expeditions alongside scientists in order to learn, grow, and scale that experience and mindset for my students. Last summer, I joined Andres Russo and the Field Season 10 team in the Peruvian Amazon to study thermal river systems. By first seeing me in the field, my students immediately began to identify themselves as explorers alongside me as I started to share stories and pictures and virtual reality content that I created with that initial expedition. With the experience I gained and lessons learned in the field, I even replicated the actual thermal river system we studied in my lab. While I can't bring my students to a boiling river in the middle of the Amazon, I can during my class time. Along with replicating that trek and the conditions and the whole process of data collection for and with my students, we also constantly practice important skills that cross curricular lines such as communication and organizing information in a variety of ways. We all know that communication is an important life skill, but in the field, this importance was even more apparent when it came to collecting and analyzing data, but literally for our survival in the wild as an expedition team. Whenever I can, these skills of communication are embedded in my laboratory activities, whether it be through delegating tasks within teams of students, trading their notes to complete tasks after the fact, or practicing multiple ways to organize their data or anecdotal notes collected during activities or even better when we're actually outside in the field. Any chance I get, I bring my students into the field for their authentic expedition experiences, whether that takes the form of just being outside on my school's campus, in our gardens, or perhaps down the street at local waterways, or even sometimes weekend excursions elsewhere that's a little bit longer of a trip to take in order to complete our field work. Um, In about a month, I'm actually taking students to the western part of my state to do some field work with water quality, water chemistry, and watershed rehabilitation, which takes about four hours. So I can't really do that in a school day. 
when I bring students into the field or, you know what, sometimes it's not just possible. It's, I have to replicate it in the lab. For a few weeks this year, I actually turned my lab, I transformed it into a five cave system with different biodiversity sets inside for the students to literally climb into. And yes, I mean literally climb. They had knee pads on, they had field notebooks. We even wore headlamps and I turned the lights off to really get the feel of what it's like to be in a cave system. The students had to climb in, they had to investigate and record data sets for later use. So every single cave system had a different biodiversity set. So every time they went into a new cave, they had to collect and uh, organize their data in a new way. And just to be mean, uh, quite frankly, as the teacher, I made sure that every single cave was very, very different. It had a different biodiversity so that students could practice their observation skills and we could really compare the data sets later and make sure that they were collecting authentic data and they were organizing it in a way that we could use in the future. So each day I would change the data as well and we would pretend that um, some time had gone by. Maybe a season went by, maybe a month went by, maybe a year went by. So I would change the biodiversity every day. So the next day when they crawled into those caves, the biodiversity set was slightly different. Some caves were very, very different. Some of them just had small tweaks. Maybe the population of bats just changed from five to 15. Uh, but Either way, we were practicing collecting data over time, revisiting a location and completing longitudinal study. So through that, students learn the importance of organized data and clear data collection. And some learned the hard way that if they skipped out or they cut some corners here, the next step of the investigation was going to be very difficult. I also had them trade notebooks for the next part of the project. And this is where if they had cut corners or they didn't collect and analyze and organize their data, uh, in a, in a way that someone else could understand, they realized how quickly and how easily it is to mess up within a team. So if, for example, if I collected my data today and I only organize it in a way that makes sense to me, but then tomorrow I have to hand my notebook to someone else and they have to use my data for the next part of the investigation. If they don't understand what I wrote, if I wasn't organized, if I wasn't clear, then that made their part of the investigation incredibly difficult, which happens in the field. Sometimes you're collecting data in the morning that you hand off to someone else to continue later, or they're using your data to draw the conclusions and you're not there to explain, oh, when I wrote this, this is what it means, or that number right there, this is, this is what that actually means. This is the number of um, arthropods that I saw, and then this is the number of mammals that I saw. You're not always there to explain the data that you collected. So when I replicate that in the classroom, they can see that, oh gosh, uh, collecting accurate and organized data is so incredibly important. So this is, like I said, this is often the case in the field. When you collect a data set, 
Um, there's no room for laziness and there's no room for inaccuracy. This is a hard lesson for students to, to grasp. And often it starts to create conflict within teams. That's another skill that they need to practice. Constantly practicing conflict resolution and learning from mistakes in order to progress or to move forward. There's so much more that I could say here, but you can see that the Explorer mindset quickly encompasses so many aspects of teaching and life skills. I can't imagine at this point in my teaching career not using it as my pedagogical compass. Through all of these expeditions with students and the ones that I create outside of the classroom, I go on myself, we use the Explorer's mindset and really what I've seen is that my students have become empowered to create their own investigations. They plan them, they implement them with me as just the guide on the side rather than really the principal investigator or the teacher at the front of the room, the sage on the stage, if you will. As educators, I feel like this is our goal. It's our ultimate goal to empower our students to become advocates of their own learning and really to be self-directed learners. This, in my opinion, is the best way to achieve this goal or at least constantly making progress towards this goal with learners of all ages. for tuning in to this episode of Expedition Schnexer. I hope you tune in next time.